You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. But you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and on Facebook, facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Show your support for Real Men Feel by shopping at realmenfeel.org slash swag, by visiting digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel, or even text us a tip. You can show some love for Real Men Feel by texting Real Men Feel, that's all one word, to 504-226-5306. You'll receive a link back to complete your tip and choose the amount. This is a weekly program and your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. Um, I'm excited as always to be with you today. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host, Alpia Hunter, could not be with us today, but I am really thrilled to let everyone know that this show is the first time we are officially sponsored by The Good Men Project. And The Good Men Project, you can visit them at goodmenproject.com. And they are so in alignment with what Real Men Feel is all about. Uh, both of us are all about having conversations that most men aren't having. So if you've enjoyed any of these episodes, check out goodmenproject.com. Lots more writing and articles about what it means to be a man in the 21st century. Mm. And that is a beautiful segue into our guest today, uh, Timothy Wenger, uh, photographer, writer, and coach, coming to us live from Belgrade, Serbia. You. <laughs> and we're going to talk about his quest to define masculinity, one man mm. at a time, it seems. One man at a time. Cool. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, so first, I've, we've, we've had guests from all around the world, but I do believe you're the first person from Serbia. So <laughs> how, did, how did you end up there? Because you're an yeah. American. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely American. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, about, oh, man, it's been 12 months. Now, 13 months ago, I, I tore up my life and decided to be an entrepreneur and to push myself to chase my dreams. And I moved to the West Coast. I was actually in Kansas City, Missouri. And I moved out West uh, to Vancouver, Washington. And last January, uh, I started talking to someone randomly from Facebook, to be honest, was not expecting anything. And so I have pursued this romantic endeavor literally across the world. Um, and what's cool is it's a, a lot of what I've always wanted to do in pursuing my own dreams and my own quest as a man to find like discover myself and to embrace my desire for risk and intuition chasing and all of that. And so I was in a place where I was like, I've been working towards being location independent and this opportunity seems right. And my intuition is challenging me to try it. So I sold my stuff, packed every, all my other belongings in my friend's closet and bought a one-way ticket to Serbia. And so I jumped on a plane and I've been here for like two months now. So. Wow. Wow. And no regrets. <sighs> no, no, it's been amazing. Yeah. Oh man, it's been phenomenal. Awesome. And so, but you were, your quest to define masculinity began before yeah. this adventure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2014, I was a frustrated uh, employee and uh, middle 20 something. And I just was mad that I was always having these ideas, but I was never taking action. And so I was watching an interview with the guy named Chase Jarvis. And then the guy who started uh, humans of New York, Brandon something. I can't remember his full name right now. 
but they're these two famous photographers and they're talking and uh, in that moment I was like dude they are no different than me they bleed I bleed I'm human they're human like why am I sitting here listening to some people talking about what they've done when I could be out doing something and so uh, as a photographer I felt really challenged to start a project and then as a man I was in that moment of my life really seeking and asking questions so I combined my passions and I have no idea how I came up with the question but somehow the question if you were to describe what it means to be a man in one word what would it be and why that question came into my brain I was like that's it I'm just gonna ask a ton of people that question and I'm gonna have them uh, write down that word and then I'm gonna take their portrait and this is gonna be my project and so I decided I'm doing it. And so I invested in camera gear. I was on more of an amateur level at that point, And I invested in more professional equipment. Um, Cause usually I put my money where my mouth is. Cause then I'm actually really invested. Cause I'm like, Oh God, there's all my money <laughs> with this. So I jumped in and it has been a ride. I, I've really loved it. So, cool. and, and so this project is called, the man effect. The man effect. And people can track your, your adventures and the pictures you've taken so far at themaneffect.com? Correct. Yep. Cool. I'm on Instagram and mostly Facebook. Sometimes I update the Instagram, but Facebook is the best way uh, to see me socially. Um, and then I release weekly articles and update photos as I take them. Cool. So, so, so do you know how many, how many men you've photographed so far in this? No, I don't. So I've actually, I, I thought I interview men and women because I feel that women also have a uh, perspective of what it means to be a man. And um, they also influence how men want to be portrayed as men. So, because if we, if a woman wants us to be strong and, and stoic, then to be attractive, then we try to form to that mold. Mm, uh, yeah. and, and so I've interviewed men and women, but predominantly men. And I've interviewed over 300 people. I should do an actual count soon, but I haven't. It's a lot of work. So. And you say, you're saying that you're interviewing them. So it's, it's more than just asking the one question? Yeah. Yeah. So I usually, so I started out with the one question and then I realized I'm, inter, I'm talking with these people and I'm starting to realize there's these, uh, commonalities in the conversations. I was like, well, why don't I dig in deeper? So I tried to develop more questions. And so as the years have gone on, I've developed um, more questions to ask people. And uh, I've just been learning and growing with the interviewing process. You know, I'm generally more of a introverted individual. So going on the streets and being like, hey, you give me your time is like not necessarily an interchange I was used to. Uh, but it, it's been good and I've been learning, okay, this question doesn't really fit, but this one does and just learning and growing in that respect. So, and, and are you truly seeing someone on the street go, Hey, I'd like to talk to you and ask you what it means to be a man or. Yeah. You know, I, I had a hard, I had a really hard time with that. I'll be really honest, you know? So for when I initially started, I forced myself, I said, I had to at least take someone's portrait or post a photo at least once a day. Right. And so if I didn't have any backstock, I would make myself go out and find someone to interview and then come home and post it. And I did that for like, I think six to eight months. Uh, and that was really taxing on me as an individual emotionally. And so I allowed myself to have the grace to like, you know, alter my methods and maybe create better content um, in a creative sense. So like if I was more relaxed, I felt like my portraits would get better. The interviews would be better and all of that rather than feeling this pressure of, mm. I have to do this. And so, uh, I, I, I changed the way I found people to having references or doing posts online. I mean, I would still approach people. Um, but it was just, I was way more relaxed about it and it, it really, influence the quality I feel of the interviews I got for right. sure. And is it kind of just an intuitive hit? Like if, if you're just out on the streets, what makes you pick that person to, to ask to take their picture? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, a lot of times it is the intuitive journey of like, what? Oh, this person just seems fascinating. Let me talk to them. Um, but I, I haven't done that as, uh, much as I would like to. The thing I have a hard time with, to be honest, is like, I don't want to be a bother to someone. Mm. And so I was like, 
I would go to parks, you know, where people are relaxed and hanging out with where I knew they had time. I wasn't like they're on their way to work and to a meeting and it's like, oh, just leave me alone. So I was trying to find places where people were more relaxed and I could actually have a dialogue with them. And that worked. Um, that really helped. Um, but yeah, I would, I would pick a young couple and provoke this interesting conversation between them. Or I would find the older married couple that have been together for 30 years. And, you know, so it's like, uh, I tried to choose a different variety of people for sure. But yeah, yeah I, would, I would chase my intuition for sure. Cool. Yeah, and that sounds like a fantastic idea of, of approaching couples and, and getting both their takes on, on the same subject. Mm -hmm. Cool. And yeah. ha have you discovered kind of common themes in the answers so far? Yeah. So this is what I, how I answer that question generally is that most people um, respond with words that would generate respect or honor in a man's life if he acted that way. Right. And so what I mean by that is they're like, oh, he's integrous or he's safe or he's a perseverant or he's hardworking or they give all these attributes that if, if I as a man was to play those attributes out, I would be respected and honored in my immediate community, hmm. right? And, and so that's the commonality that I found. Now, people do choose the word integrity a lot. People do choose like the word honest or safe. You know, there are words that are chosen higher. Um, but what I found overall is that they produce that respect and honor for that man, hmm. which I find really fascinating. Cool. And, and as, you, as you ask deeper questions, do you find that people are answering words that they are acting on or that they aspire to perhaps? I, they use, this is the most common thing I found is that when they answer this question, they think in their brain, who's that strong archetype is in their life. Like who is that father figure? It could be their mother from a single parent home. It could be their grandpa who raised them. It could be their dad, but generally they instantly go to that place and they're like, how can I describe that man in one word? Hmm. Right. And so usually, so I ask them if you were to describe what it means to be a man in one word, what would it be and why? That's my first question. And then almost always my second question is who is the manliest person you know and why? And so generally, they almost, I'd say 70, 80% of the time, use the word from their first question to describe the person that they admire the most. Huh. And, and I find that really fascinating. So it's like, if they're like, they use the word integrity, they're like, when they get to the second question, they're like, my grandpa was the most integrous man I've ever known and impacted me deeply. And he, he trained me that this is the way it should be or whatever it is, you know, or a coworker or I don't know, things like that. So I found that to be really beautiful uh, to see that. And it really inspired me in the fact that, especially with women, um, was that even though our culture, you know, propagates that masculinity is having all this negative effect and that all women have been abused by it. Like there's a lot of that kind of, assumption in the propaganda that's out there but most women had this very positive desire uh, of what men should be in in this world and what masculinity should be and i found that to be very intriguing that they didn't instantly go to their pain or their hatred but to the the place of what they desired you know like men to be safe or um courageous or whatever it was Cool. So, so, so it sounds like it's, it's a much more uplifting, positive experience for people to, to answer this question. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had one person documented, one woman have a negative response uh -huh. out of all the people I had. And I had one other lady who was like, Oh, I choose the word chauvinist or chauvinistic, but she wouldn't let me take a portrait. Like I was honestly trying, like I'm trying to find people who have negative answers, like, right. but I, I just, I, I haven't entirely. So, so I, I wanted to ask if there was if if one answer stood out that as a surprise. So, is it that the negativity ones, or is it something else? What 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 kind of surprised you the most? I would say the word, the interview that impacted me the most and surprised me in the choice is actually on my Facebook profile. Uh, it's the it's the profile picture, and it's of a, a man who's holding a sign that says builder. Right. And so I was in this super hipster coffee shop in downtown Kansas City. And I, 
I wanted to interview the barista and because he has a very unique mustache and I just thought he'd be a fun person to photograph. And so I was expecting a very shallow answer from him, to be honest, right? So good on me for judging people. Um, but he finally, once I did the interview, he chose the word builder and he went on to describe how his grandpa was a builder. He built, he helped build the Space Needle in Seattle. He helped build this church. He helped build the community. He helped build uh, a cabin for family to have memories at. And he just went on and on and on describing how this man who was a builder impacted his life and how he aspires to be that. Hmm. And that really impacted me because for me, I'm building towards my dreams. I'm building skills. I'm building community. I'm building, building, building. And it just really gave me personally language to relate to my own beliefs. And I, it was just a very beautiful and impactful moment for me. Cool, cool. And, and on top of that, it kind of reflected your own judgments of how you oh, selected yeah. people and thought of them. Yeah, I, I, oh, love yeah the, uh, I love when you get to kind of get the double whammy and insight on top of insight from something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Cool. I love it. And so you've, you've taken photographs and interviewed people across the United States and in Serbia as well? Yeah, so I've started doing interviews here. I'm hoping to get maybe 10 to 15 people in total from Serbia. Um, the, the language barrier is a little difficult, so I have to find someone to translate or whatever. But yeah, so mostly around the U.S. I've taken some in Denmark as well. Uh, not a lot, but my hope is to slowly get a base of uh, interviews from all over the world um, and different cultures because... I mean, even here, men are very, like a, in a family when you're raised here, uh, men are the favorites, right? And they're very like sheltered and nurtured by the mothers. Hmm. And so it's very different than how I was brought up. I mean, my parents, it's not like they sheltered and nurtured me in a negative way. It's just, I just thought that that was normal. But here it's like boys, I mean, they get the house, they get all the finances, they get all the attention and the women just kind of are on their own. And so it's a very different cultural aspect. And so I, I find it interesting and I hope I can get that representation in my interviews hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, Cause in, in the U S there's, there's a lot of talk and discussion around the idea of the disposability of men in our society. So you're, yeah. you're, you're not seeing that uh, all around the world. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's men are very, they're more valued here. Unfor I mean, and I don't know if that's a bad or good thing. Like right. who am I to say what a culture is doing is right or wrong, but it feels kind of more like the, let's say 1950s kind of belief system or something, you know, of, of America is kind of where they're at now. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just different. And so I really appreciate experiencing that difference um, because I feel like, that makes me a more well-rounded author and in individual when I talk on this topic. So, so um, in terms of state to state across the U.S., did, did answers really change depending on where you were, like as opposed to the, the drastic difference that you're finding in Serbia? Yeah, not really. You know, um, I mean, I mainly did in Kansas City, like the Missouri, Kansas area. I've done uh, Washington and Oregon and Minnesota. The hard part is I have such a strong desire to interview people from all over, but it takes so much work to line up one freaking interview in person. And it's just like, and getting people who are okay with that, it takes, you know, two, three hours sometimes. Oh, wow. um, and so it's just, it's a lot of work. So even though my dream is so big, it's like on a practical level, there's only so much I can financially support and do. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I would say in the U S Answers generally seem the same. Um, and, you know, I tried to get people who were um, not heterosexual, you know, to see if their answers were different. And they, they really weren't. Um, and so I, I've been really amazed by the consistency of people's answers. So. Yeah, that, that, uh, the, the notion of sexuality is something that, that I found in, in, in hosting Real Men Feel as well. When I first created this, um, I really thought I'd have kind of like um, homosexual subject matters and straight subject matters and they were different. I'm like, nope, just like, no, the, the issues that most men face, the, the questioning of what is it to be a man, it, yeah. it doesn't matter based on your sexuality. It just doesn't. No. And I mean, honestly, I have a huge um, 
I have a lot of compassion for men, so like specifically Christian men who are not heterosexual. Um, they, they, they go through a lot of shame and judgment. And I just, I have a, I have compassion for them just because like, it's just a really insecure place to be in the world when you're judged by everything that you know. Um, yeah. And so. Um, yeah. When you're, re- when you're recognizing that you're a particular way and you've been taught all your life that that way is somehow wrong. Yeah. It's, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. I, I mean, who am I to say what you desire is right or wrong in that sense, but it's just like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're less than because of something like that. I'm just like, come on. So. So, so you've mentioned uh, wanting to talk to men really all around the globe. So wh- mm-hmm. what else is part of your, your ideal goal for the, the man effect? Yeah. So kind of, so my values are to, my values kind of base off of my vision, right? So my value is to help men become more present and authentic. And when I, when I say authentic, that's a very cliche kind of term right now. But what I really mean is just men having self-confidence and self-love and to just be who they are. Um, and by, by saying present, I mean just being aware of their emotions, being able to live in the moment and to be better individuals. Um, so that being said, my desire is to, uh, I would love to get to a point where I travel and speak on this topic and use the pictures that I've accumulated as uh, PowerPoints in some ways mm-hmm. or as material. I want to create a couple books, one book just for all the photos so you could have it on your coffee table or something and be like, check out all these weird photos that this guy took or, you know, like whatever. Um, and then I want to write books uh, that are very basic and very practical guides to help men navigate masculinity and the expectations of the culture that they're immersed in. Um, because every culture is very different. And I mean, from city to city, I mean, your expectations are different. And so learning to be aware of that, to immerse yourself and be okay with the fact that you might be different, but knowing how to manipulate how people envision you, honestly. So it's like, you might need to grow a beard. Like who cares? Like if, if your goal is to be masculine in your culture, you might need to do certain things. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, you have to, it's just a kind of a, a practical guide, how to like analyze it and, um, equip you better for that. So there's all that. And I would love to do art shows too, to like have walls of the photography mm. that I have a whole interactive idea behind it, but I just don't have a practical way to do it yet. Um, so those are the main things I would really like to do. And then if I could get funding to like legit travel and like fill up my calendar with interviews, I would do that in a heartbeat. Hmm. I, w- I would literally do that tomorrow. So have you pursued sort of the crowdfunding sites and to, to get some sponsorship for this project? You know, back in the day, I applied for multiple grants and most of the people's responses were, oh, that's a really nice social media idea or something, something like that. Like it wasn't artsy enough for them. Uh, and, but there was also the factor that I wasn't articulate enough in my goals and my vision back then. And I've developed that a lot as a blog, like writing really has developed my brain to be much more analytical. And I've really appreciated that journey. I'm almost ashamed of my first posts. I look back at them and I'm like, who wrote that? Like, but it's, uh, it's been really good to, uh, go on that journey as well. So. Oh, per- perhaps a future post will be my shame of looking at my first post. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. So, um, you know, so I'm a uh, survivor of multiple suicide attempts and oh, wow. I've been involved um, with a portrait project similar to this where um, it's called live through this. It's uh, I believe live through this.org and it's all yeah. portraits of suicide survivors and yeah. telling their story. And um Desiree Lestage is the photographer behind it, and she has uh, gotten to speak and travel. Um, and it just, you know, took yeah. some time, some like a, a critical tipping point in media coverage. But yeah, um, I, you know, I can totally see it all coming together for you and for this question as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, unsolicited advice is, uh, you know, hit up a crowdfunding site and and get the people mm-hmm. behind you as opposed mm-hmm. to the grant people even though my, yeah. my grant people will be gladly support you, you know, yeah. but, uh, but um, yeah, just try that. Cause I, I, again, I, I, I can remember, I think I just stumbled across the site and then tracked you down to come on the show, but yeah. I thought it was just a powerful, simple, stunning thing you were doing. And yeah. I just love the idea and that the pictures and the words. Um, yeah. I, I just think a lot of people would be glad to support this. 
Yeah, I think so too. Cause it's just like, I lived under assumption for so many years about masculinity. And I think forcing people just to have a conversation about it or think about it will significantly impact how we think about it. It's like, there's this perception that is carried that men have to act a certain way. But when I, I ask you a really hard question about it, it makes you completely change how you think about it. Right. Like one of my other really favorite questions I love to ask people is if you had to describe masculinity to an alien, how would you do that? <laughs> and, and this alien has no cultural context, biological context, nothing. And, and you, you're able to communicate with them and that's it. Like they understand what you're saying. Like how would you describe masculinity to them then? Right? And so that question forces you to do two things. It forces you to realize that you'd literally have to start from almost a biological standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. Masculinity in our culture starts with you having an, was it XY chromosome, right? So you have to have genitalia generally mm-hmm. on a, 80 or 90% scale, let's just say, you know, like there's obviously always exceptions. Um, Then from that point, you have to paint a cultural context of the perception of what being a man is. And when I've asked people this question, it stumps everyone, everyone. And, And I love that because it's forcing and exposing the cultural conditioning that we've all gone through. Um, And how would you relate that to someone who doesn't understand so. Yeah, like like all of your questions force people to to raise the awareness of their mm-hmm. notion of masculinity, because because mm-hmm. I find one of the biggest problems that that men are facing, men who are feeling challenged are probably operating like on this autopilot of what it means to be a man, and exactly. it doesn't necessarily bring them joy or feel natural or right for them, but it's just they're just used to it. Exactly. And, and that's what's something that's very inspiring to me is Jordan Peterson, who's a big guy right now or whatever. He really challenges people to articulate their thoughts and beliefs. And I think that is a beautiful challenge because if you try to articulate something, you realize how much you're assuming things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I like try to articulate to you a 10 point uh, presentation on what I think being a man is, it's going to force me to break down and break through all those assumptions and lies that I actually live under. And then I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, like, do I actually have 10 points on what I believe a man is like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. But Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so like when we force ourselves to really think about things, it completely changes how, how we operate in, in my belief. Yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah. This, uh, the whole idea of real men feel came about because I was doing a presentation on what it means to be a man. And yeah. I was just listing all the things and well, what, what did I, what do I wish it meant to be a man? Like, wow, I wish it, when people <laughs> thought of men, they thought of people that were willing to feel like, exactly. and, like emotional and feeling was right up there with, with tough that we men are brave mm-hmm. enough to feel that that was my ideal vision of, of where manhood could, could go. But, yeah. um, in the process of that, you know, I, whenever I, I speak live, I'm always, I tell people, you know, if whoever taught you what it means to be a man was a miserable bastard who didn't enjoy life. Like, why are you following that advice, right? So look at the people that you're learning from and yeah. decide, is yeah. that really the path you want? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean honestly, it's, it's funny to me is like, even in business, right? So like, I had someone reach out to me and they're like, hey, I need help with social media. I was like, okay, first thing I need you to do before I even help you with this is you need to go find five, five people that you, you look up to or want to become, right? just in, in a social media context, right? And, and I think life is so much like that. Like, who are your, your role models that you're, you have that ideal image in your brain? Are they human too? Like, are, or are they gods? Like, is Zeus, is Zeus your, your archetype in your brain of what it means to be a man? Well, are you gonna be able to live up to that? Or is it, or is it Jesus from the Bible? Like, I've, I've had so many people bring up that Jesus is the most masculine guy. And I'm just like, well, could you find someone in your life that you are, that you personally know that's the most masculine. I'm not dissing him at all because in, in your religion, absolutely, he's the most masculine person. But like these, I, I really like to, I want the goals to be realistic and tangible, not this etherical stuff. So I just, I think it's so practical to have those, 
those images in your brain of who you want to become. I love that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm ranting. Oh my gosh, you got me all fired up. No, you're going to make me go down a rat hole now too. Cause I'm like, I've never thought, I've never heard anyone say, talk about Jesus as their ideal vision of masculinity, because I really think, boy, if Jesus just walked down the street today, he would not be seen as very masculine. He wouldn't. Yeah. And, and they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't perceive him like that, but they say that because that's the right answer. Mm. We're really good at lying. We're yeah. really good at having the right answer, even though we don't believe it. Um, I have a Christian background. I don't identify as that anymore. You could say, um, but I know that, you know, I think they say 70% of America, uh, attributes to being Christian. Right. And so, um, uh, that culture trains you to have the right, right answer, right? Like you just, you know, the right answer. It doesn't mean you believe it, but you know, the right answer. And so if, if God is, if Jesus is your image of what it means to be a perfect man, that's that's one thing, but like he was defiant to culture. He was um, contrary to people's beliefs. Like he just did what he felt was right, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like if you're if he's actually your ideal man, like why aren't you living like that? And anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool. So has your definition and viewpoint of masculinity changed since you began this project? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Absolutely. This project has drastically impacted my life and I don't know who I would be today if I hadn't started it Hmm. a thousand percent. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way to quantify how it's altered. I think, I think initially I thought I, I would be able to define or, um, satisfy my desire in the sense of finding answers and, all that's happened is I've just stumbled into deeper and harder questions. Um, and I really love that. I love that. I was reading somewhere. It says the bigger the question, the, the bigger the, the struggle, you know, like, and I just, I'm, I just keep finding bigger and bigger questions. And I, I really like that. Cool. So, so, so when you started in 2014, did, did at some level you think, eh, this will, this is a neat idea to pursue for like six months and then I'll be sick of yeah. it or. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I'll do this. I'll try to do this for a year and we'll see where it goes. And I, did, I had no idea I was going to put it up on a website. I had no idea I was going to start writing. I had no idea I was going to travel more. It was just kind of like, let's just see what happens. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, really impacted me. And I love that because it's like taking action in my own life has heavily impacted who I am today. And it's just had its own domino effect, you know? So it's like my portraits, I mean, in my photography skills alone, you can see a change because I've stuck with something and I've developed and grown in it, you know? And so I just, even on that aspect, I find that beautiful. So. Cool. So you, you mentioned back in 2014, you, you, you blew up your life. So can you just, just describe what life used to be like for you? Like, like what made you want to dig into masculinity? Yeah. So, I mean, so 2014 was a very, I was working for a family business. Um, and you know, even though everything on the outside was going well, everything on the inside for me was not. Um, and I was really on a soul searching kind of quest to what, what, what does it mean for me to exist? And what, why do I even care? And life is just awful. So why should I even keep going forward? I mean, it's depression, you know, just in general, really. Um, and I was in a really, really bad rut. Uh, and so I started, you know, reading books on what does it mean to be a man and going on retreats and being a part of groups. And, um, so that was right at the same time I started the project. Um, cause obviously, I mean, my life is, I'm a man. And so that has a lot to do with my life. And so if I don't know who I am, that's going to really influence how I live my life. Uh, and so that, that was essentially it. Like I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted. And so I started on that journey and yeah, in 2014 and then in 20, when was it 17? Yeah. 2017 is when I quit that job. Um, really good pay, really good seniority position you know and 
I just gave it all up to pursue my dreams, which I had slowly been revealed through my journey of starting this project. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) So where, what, what's your next step or what's your ideal next step? Where where do you personally want, want to take this? Yeah. So right now I'm working on a, a large document that's breaking down every aspect of life on how to become more masculine. Right. So I break it down into spiritual, social, emotional, uh, physical, and I might, I might touch sexual. I'm not sure if I feel like scraping that industry or not, but I'm really hoping that taking the time to write all this down and articulate it, um, will create avenues and conversations for me to, but more authoritatively speak in, in, in settings of men's groups and online forums and stuff. And so it's been really good for me because I've been just diving into studies and trying to find really good information to help encourage people that uh, this is legitimate um, information. You know, it's not just like a, a Forbes magazine, 10 ways to be a better man. You know, it's like, this is like backed by studies and really good research. Um, so but I'm learning and growing in that too, because I, I don't have an academic background. Um, so this has just been a really good growing process for me too. Yeah. But my hope is that once I publish that, that I can help myself uh, just on the internet, get a better following. Um, and I would love to continue doing photographs. It's hard for me to really know where my life is going to lead in the next couple months. Yeah. A lot of stuff is up in the air. Cool. So I also run a consulting business in the electrical contracting world and um, I'm uh, waiting to see how that develops. Uh, I have a really good business model I created, so I'm excited to see what happens with that as well. Cool. So. And and does do all of these um, plans and opportunities still? Are you still centered in Serbia for these, or? You know, I mean, that's kind of the the plan right now because Serbia is pretty centrally located. Like I can access so many countries from here. And the cost of living here is just incredible. I mean, it's like one third of the Portland area where I was at, you know, so it's like it, it practically, it's a great place to be. Um, but I do, I do miss being in the U S obviously uh, at points. So I think in a, in a realistic way, yeah, if I can get the funding, yeah, being here would be really intelligent and um, really set me up for, getting what I need to really make my, my project go to the next level. So. Cool. And are there, are there many Americans? Are there many English speakers uh, around you and in Belgrade? You know, uh, most of the younger generation speak English. Um, so, uh, I can get by, uh, I'm learning Serbian as well right now or trying to, (laughs) and that's interesting, but I've met, you know, two or three Americans. So they're, they're around here. Um, Belgrade is the capital, so it's the biggest city. Yeah. So I'm bound to run into other Americans, but uh, it, there's not a lot of them. So Cool. But, so w- what's the best way for people to connect with you, learn more about the project? Yeah, so um, getting on my website, I have a weekly newsletter that I shoot out, and that's just pretty much just a link to that week's article. Um, that is a great way to stay in touch with me. Um, you can add me on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, there's, I have uh, the Man Effect. There's a page there. Um, I also have two Facebook groups that I um, admin. I have one that's for uh, men finding and growing an inner power. Um, and then one that's called the Persona, which is helping men um, develop holistic, a holistic approach to having a better image internally and out externally. So I've uh, partnered with an co- uh, image consultant. And so him and I, we uh, are growing a brand to help men not only dress better, but to have more self-confidence and to approach life with manners and etiquette. And all of that. Cool, so. cool. So we'll be sure in, uh, wherever you're listening to this, um, you can get, catch the show notes on goodmenproject.com or realmenfield.org, and we'll be sure to include all of various groups and all of the social media contacts. Yeah. And you can track all of everything that Timothy is up to and, and keep in touch. And, and can people volunteer and, and try to say, I, I want to answer your question. I want to be a subject. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I would love that. So, I mean, well, I had one guy reach out to me and he was in California. He found my website randomly and I was like, oh, I really like this guy. And so we talked through email for a bit and, and uh, I was on a road trip by myself from Portland down to Arizona. So I just decided to drive through and get a portrait of him. We hung out, you know, for seven hours, had a good time, grabbed his portrait. So I'm always open to people reaching out and when I'm in your area, I'll definitely try to hit you up for sure. Cool. It's definitely not my thing. So. so so it sounds like you have a schedule for, for your writing. Um, yeah. but the, but the photography is more of, of more spontaneous. Yeah, absolutely. So I I've, I've made it so where I just, I want really good quality, uh, photos and interviews. And so if I pressure myself, uh, that doesn't happen as much. So I wait to find people who are either really interesting or people I should approach now. Um, and that will allow me more time to really, I like to get to know the people too before I take their right. photo because I, I, I want to appropriately uh, display them. So, but <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's, that's been interesting. And I, I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to overwhelm myself because I feel like creativity is uh, dependent on flow. So I've been really trying to figure out my flow state. Right on. And have you always been, you come across as just this really creative, passionate guy. And has that always been there and just perhaps wasn't acted on or? Yeah. You know, I think I, I, I am a very passionate individual. And so, uh, I think this has allowed me to display it in such a way that other people can see it. Um, maybe in, in high school and stuff, it was more behind doors. Um, and so this is, I say this is a public display of my fascination in some ways. Um, I like that. That's a, that's a term I have not heard. Yeah. Your yeah. public display of your fascination. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's really what it is. It's just like, I'm fascinated by this. If yeah. I wasn't, I wouldn't spend thousands of hours working on. It, so, 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 and, and your photography before this project, were you taking lots of pictures? Was there anything that was capturing your eye specifically? I, you know, I've always loved photography, um, but I, I wanted an excuse to take portraits of people. Um, and I didn't have a good one. And so that was also part of my motivation because I was more like I would just drive until I got lost and take photos of really cool buildings or crawl in weird spaces. Um, and every now and then I'd snag a friend and be like, let me take your photos. But this, this project allowed me to really uh, have an excuse to interact with people and um, allow me to enjoy, like, I just, I love the human face and I love how light strikes people's face. And so um, just allowing myself and creating an opportunity to interact with that has been really good. So. And are most of your portraits kind of a, a studio setting with a backdrop or just out wherever you're meeting people? How do you do it? Yeah. I mean, it's been everything. So it started a lot with just in the moment, um, man, back, I think last year I stopped using the sign. I used to have everyone write the word down. Um, now, now I just have the person, I just interview them. I took the sign away because for me as a photographer, I found myself hiding behind the sign. And what I mean by that is it was, it's really easy to take a photo of someone with a sign. Um, but if they don't have it, then I have to really focus on, um, you engaging with the subject. And so, uh, it was just kind of a challenge for myself to, to, to go to that next level. So I've got more lighting equipment. And if a person allows me to meet them at their home or their office, I'll bring the lighting equipment. But if the opportunity doesn't arise, then I'll just, uh, you know, spur the moment, find somewhere with decent lighting and make it, make it work. So, so, so it sounds like the, uh, maybe the sign began as a creative element and then you kind of felt it was a crutch almost. Uh, absolutely. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. And, and that's just part of that whole self-discovery process that it's put me on is like yeah. creatively, like this is a good kind of brand, but that's not, my whole point isn't just to do what is always going to get clicks. Like I'm here to personally grow as well too. And so, and represent these human beings, like they have a story, like there's a reason why they have their age, their profession and their background where they live, like, and that's all part of the photo. And I love that. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Anyway. So, so you've, you've mentioned multiple times that the impact that this project has had on you. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, do you ever hear from 
past subjects who you know contact you weeks later and go wow since since i answered that question you know i keep thinking about x y or z yeah you know i, I haven't had anyone follow up that i remember they might have honestly uh follow up but i had one experience that was really really uh, interesting um it was a, a direct uh, emotional response to the question uh, i was down in the city center or by the farmer's market of kansas city and I saw this older gentleman sitting on a flower box type thing bench and he looked like he was either a homeless person or someone who works in a kitchen, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't tell he's just greasy. Um, so I, I approached him and explained to him what my project was and was wondering if I could interview him. And, and he said, yeah, sure. So I asked him my, my initial question and he just kind of sat there in silence. And so I pulled out my phone to just, Dick around on while he was thinking of his answer because I didn't want him to feel like I was just staring at him for the next 10 minutes. And when I look up from my phone, um, there's like tears running down his eyes, you know, and I was just like, this is weird. I've never had this happen. I was like, are you okay? And he's like, I can't answer your question. And I was like, that's totally okay. You don't need to. And he's like, I, I can't answer your question because I've lost my family. And, or my, my wife and my kids to the bottle. I, I'm not a man. I can't answer your question. And I was just, I was blown away that this random stranger engaged with his heart in, on that level in the street, just randomly. I was just, I was so blown away by that. And it really impacted me and showed me that asking this question can really create a good conversation for people. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, man, so he, he didn't answer the question. I didn't take his portrait, you know, huh. like we, did, we just hung out for a bit and talked and we split ways. Huh. So. But yeah, that, that interaction, I mean, impacted both of you. So you know, even yeah. not fitting into the project proper, you, yeah. you had that impact, the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment and I'm just glad that I can remember it. You know? Yeah. So. That's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so I know you're, you're talking to men and women. Is it, is it primarily men or is it equal amounts yeah. or just? Yeah. yeah. My target audience is men between the age of 25 and 35. I'd say that's about 70% of my following. So, uh, but there is a good amount of women who follow as well and interact. Uh, yeah. So I, I find that interesting as well. And the responses you get from women, are, are they drastically different from what men say? No, no, not really. So, uh, yeah, I find that some women are even more passionate about this subject than men. Uh, I've had multiple women uh, do guest posts on my website, mm -hmm. and uh, almost as many as men. Yeah, I think I've had as many women as men guest post on my website, uh, which I find really odd. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think it was going to be like that, but I'm okay with it. So. Yeah, cool. I, again, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I find us reminding men a lot as, as part of this, this show is that, you know, besides being a man, you're a human. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's a lot more commonality among human beings than there are differences between the genders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. I find it so interesting. So. Is, is there a, uh, do you have a dream location? of where you would like to like hang out for a weekend and, and um, photograph people and ask the question? Oh man. I mean, I want to, I want to do India. I want to do Africa. I would love to do South America. Um, the Nordic nations as well. Like Iceland would be great. I mean, I want to, I literally just want to go everywhere. Yeah. Ugh. And it's, so it's just, I don't know entirely how practical that is, but Screw practicality. <laughs> Just get in your car, go. <laughs> I've, I've done that though. I'm like, yeah, I bet. I, I got here and I'm like, okay, now how do I interview people when I can't even talk to them? Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, let's figure this out. So, yeah. have you? I mean, it seems just to get the question, your one starting point translated and just hand people a sign and ask them or, you know. I yeah, know. I thought about getting like a tablet or I don't know. I think I'm going to have to get trans, like my, 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 the girl that I ch came out here for, my girlfriend, she can translate, but I don't always want to like be like, "Hey, can you come translate for me?" You know, so I'm kind of an independent individual, uh, so I'm trying to figure out ways to navigate different cultures and figure out ways to interview people. So, 
We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Ugh. <laughs> I want to go everywhere. I just need my own plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There. There's a ticket. Great. So now you, now you know another reason to get on the, uh, uh, the a GoFundMe or crowdsourcing site. Like, Dude. Right? Get the Man Effect <laughs> jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. That's um, funny. Well, again, the, uh, I, I really appreciate and admire what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I want to call more people to, to support this and, and to get in touch with you and, you know, find a way to, you know, offer places to stay or money or anything to kind of yeah. get, get this project really going and, and let you travel the world and, and capture masculinity all over the place. Dude, that would be amazing. I would crash on anyone's couch <laughs> for sure. I'm serious. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. That's not- Maybe you can get Airbnb as a sponsor or something, right? That would be amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the, the place to go to, to learn more about this project, to see the, the pictures I've been taking, to, to read all the great content that Timothy is writing is themaneffect.com. And that's effect with an E, not yes. the man yep. affect. Hmm? Yep. Okay. Yep. E- Beautiful. E- yeah. Cool. So uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your artistry, your creativity, your passion, and, and freaking man, your, your bravery in just getting up, moving on, you know, approaching people, being in a foreign country. Uh, I, I admire all of those things that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. I really appreciate that. Great. And again, uh, wherever you're listening to this, uh, go to the blog post, uh, see all the show notes for all different ways to connect with Timothy. And uh, Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. And visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations that no one else is having. So if you enjoyed this, go there. And you can be part of it, too. It's not just a place to read. We we welcome your content, your submissions. A few of ideas for guests, reach out to me. And uh, until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next week, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Show us some love by visiting realmenfeel.org slash swag or digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.